Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast, 486's After, after main, main Show. Show, maybe. After. We'll see. I'll, I'll decide. I'll have to decide if this is going to be the after show or the main show. They're going to be real confused by your indecisiveness. Wow. Because they're listening to one and saying, what the hell am I listening to? Well, they'll just find out. If I make this <laughs> If I make this on and put it out tomorrow morning, like a regular show, and then we do the But tomorrow's like yesterday, game. man. Oh, God. I forgot about that, man. Yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> Either <don't>... way, uh, <laughs> we'll just, just to kind of tie this all together, uh, here on Tuesday night, December 26th, we had Ella and Holland, Ella Hansen and uh, Holland Hanley join us. We played some games, so whether you you listened to that already or possibly uh, you watched or listened to this, either way, those are the two uh, segments, main segments that are going on here. Good sports as we're closing are. out twenty twenty three, and uh, both of them were good sports. You you're just gonna have to check out the action for yourself uh, in, in terms of finding out who was the big winner. There. I couldn't believe how absolutely insane that one got it was it was wild it definitely was wild all right so uh here we are we're going to talk a little bit about some news things going on obviously looking into 2024 uh what that does or doesn't mean for golf there's been relatively quiet in terms of overall uh contract talk um in the regular show we just briefly mentioned hannah win was the announcement specifically today that we saw uh as uh no longer with west side and um, we talked about it last week uh, that Chris Clemens van was seen at the Discraft headquarters. That was the rumor, at least. Seemingly, yep. And one of the things I want to make clear is that that doesn't necessarily mean Discraft. They could be just feeling things out. We also know that DGA has a very close relationship with Discraft. So it's maybe it's possible that Team DGA flew into Michigan or wherever they happen to be to to talk with Chris. I. I I have a feeling it's going to be one of those two, DGA or Discraft. Personally, I'd love to see him on DGA. I think Chris has a, he could be a, uh, I would say a slightly bigger fish in a smaller pond for DGA. But you know what? When it comes down to it, it's going to be whatever Chris wants and whatever makes him happiest. Mm, I want to make Chris happy. Chris and Hannah. Yeah, and who's to say that they that go they're as, together. A, as a team? Yeah, I mean, I think they'll be together, 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 but I, well, yeah. maybe not as and teammates. That's always possible. Some say yeah. that it's really smart in terms of the, oh, uh, you know, uh, having having the molds and then talking molds and and kind of easily interchanging things a little yeah. bit more, kind of pooling a similar resource, having having knowing when you're going to your sponsor's main factory or warehouse, that's going to be one specific trip as opposed to two. So there's some advantages there and there's some, uh, you know, there's some cons to that as well, I'm sure. Yeah, there definitely is. And 
here is my uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia conspiracy theory board that I got mm-hmm. all the threads up. Chris Clemens and Hannah go to a lot of concerts. Yes. What kind of concerts do they go to, Terry? What kind of music do they love? What is that? EDM? A little bit of EDM, but uh, it's a uh, metal. Oh, yeah, yeah. They yeah, like that as well. They're into the metal. Who else is into that metal music from Discraft? Bob Julio? Bob Julio. I think Bob uh, is going to sign them just to have someone to go to concerts with. Oh, This yeah. is my theory I'm floating out there, that yeah, Bob is a little lonely going to these concerts <laughs> and that he needs some company, and Chris and Hannah are the perfect pair to attend whatever heavy death metal music that uh, that Bob wants. So, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if I, if, uh, if, if we see another 10 year, 10 million contract for that. That's true. I mean, I'm just, I'm just throwing my conspiracy theories out there to the world. You know, I'm just, I'm just going to be the, the world's highest paid lefty. Uh, I guess the answer is yes. He could, he could be. be sure. Okay. I guess we're going to find out. So that, yeah, that's the gossip that is out there. I haven't seen anything else player related, so to speak, as far as specific players. I feel like there was something else uh that was put out on the facebooks recently but uh unfortunately i don't recall exactly what it was uh nothing of blockbuster status uh the other big thing that i think was certainly made note of that might be one of disc golf's larger moments to some degree is the fact that disc golf was shown and referenced in the simpsons which uh clearly uh, as you know what the longest running sitcom in history um, started when you and I were kids for anyone that that really <laughs> yeah. dates like the Simpsons. It was a short on the Tracy Ullman show. Yeah, exactly. That's how before, <laughs> before becoming its own entire show. Um, and the Simpsons were just coming into uh, uh, culture and, and relevance in the very earliest of stages. Well, when you and I were like eight, 10, 12, somewhere yeah, in that neighborhood, yeah. So 30-some years ago, and uh, I I feel like that is probably one of the most blown-up, I don't want to say news stories, but one of the most blown-up referenced things that we've seen in disc golf in a long time is the fact that uh, disc golf was on The Simpsons. Now, to be fair, and this shows you how almost numb I've become to it, I don't don't even think I've seen the, the full reference to it. I, I just keep seeing the pictures that it's posted, and then when you see it on there, it says Frisbee Waxed, as used by Ken Climo, uh, the Tiger Woods of this, which is funny, <laughs> and Gordy's Frisbee Gloves for the non-throwing hand. Um, I, I think it's, obviously, I think it's cool. I, I don't know to what degree a reference, uh, or how it was referenced, and I'm sure others can can fill in, but nonetheless, clearly there's somebody over at The Simpsons that knows enough about disc golf that they decide to integrate it. it yeah, and, it wasn't uh, just a, a, a picture of Homer throwing. It actually has Ken Climo's name in it. I mean, no. that's to me, as you said, Simpsons are, regardless of what you think of the series now, it's an epic TV show. We've seen disc golf kind of shown in other TV shows or reality shows, but this is probably going to go down as one of the most influential series in history, television series, for as long as it ran and as um, iconic as it was, especially in the early years. And, and maybe even is that much bigger now than yeah than ever before? And, I mean, and, the fact that you you nor I follow it, also, I, we don't follow a lot of uh, current sitcoms as they correct. are on TV anyway, but 
Uh, this is this is a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I agree. It's a it's a really big deal, and I'm probably going to take some time out this week to. I believe there it's on. Uh, I don't know if the new seasons are on Disney or if I have to go to Hulu. I think I have access to it on Hulu to actually watch this episode just to, just to see it and and kind of monitor it and just take it all in. But ultimately, a very cool moment for disc golf in general. And it didn't seem like they were throwing a ton of shade at us based on some of the comments I saw. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, it looks like The Simpsons, uh, first years of the show in 9091, everyone was wearing Bart Simpson. Yeah. Oh, eat my shorts. Don't have a cow, man. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and it, again, I'm all but completely removed from The Simpsons. It never hit really with me in terms of like, I must watch it. But then again, there's really been no animation that has, uh, you know, similarly when we were just entering college, our freshman and sophomore year of college was when South Park came out. And obviously mm-hmm. that was all of the rage is if you were of that uh, uh, age, so to speak, uh, to appreciate it in whatever way. But that was yeah. also was like, eh. it not to say they're not good or funny or anything like that. They just never really got me going. So. Yeah, it was much more of an edgier Simpsons for us, uh, especially for sure. when we were in that particular uh, age. Um, one extension that we did see was Paige Shu did re-sign with Discraft yes. for another, I believe okay, it's an additional, I don't know if it's an additional year particularly, but she did say uh, 2024, 2023 was her first year on the team, and she will be representing Discraft in 2024. So exciting to see Paige Shu uh, find a place And be able to stay there with some comfort. Yes. Best of luck to her. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, has there been anything else that's of of, uh, major note? Yakub Samarad, and probably not maybe a huge surprise. Well, maybe it is, considering a little bit of the landscape. I was going to say, not a big surprise that he's remaining with Latitude where he's been. However, there's also a lot of conversation that surrounds the idea of how Latitude is, what their exact goals are with their team and their team members. So although we've seen the likes of, I believe, Tristan Tanner, maybe even since last uh, since last week's show, Tristan Tanner not returning to Latitude. Correct. And there's this conversation about, are we seeing kind of a, a, of a reduction in team size overall coming from dynamic west side and latitude Mm -hmm. but then to see yakub as one of the guys that has resigned obviously kind of a breakout star in the last couple of years uh but i think a lot of the conversation that circles those uh, sponsorship people are whether they're stateside or whether they're uh european or not and so yakub coming from the czech republic that's why i say maybe less of a surprise to see him resign if any of those potential rumors or philosophy about keeping a a very, you know, maybe investing more in a European sense as opposed to a, you know, a stateside sense. Either way, I think it was just today that it was announced that he has uh, resigned with Latitude 64. So congratulations to him. All right. Um, And then also... Friday within the news that came out Friday afternoon, uh, it was discussed as to how the both the PDGA and the Disc Golf Pro Tour will proceed forward with uh, regard to Natalie Ryan and uh, cha- transgender athletes within the sport. 
Of course, this has come with uh, many mixed reviews. I feel like it depends on the platform or obviously even sometimes within the thread that you're in. There was a lot of people very happy, very excited about this. Also, a lot of people uh, very ticked off, very pissed off, and very frustrated with this. I, I have almost, all I'll say to that is I've almost become completely numb to the situation only in the sense that Everybody has very impassioned and very enthusiastic and impassioned opinions, and I can respect having those. The only thing that I, the reason why I've become numb to it is simply because yelling those opinions from both sides is, I don't feel like we're at, we're at an impasse where it, no matter what you yell and no matter how loudly you yell it, I don't think the opposing view is listening uh, and this is this is not obviously this is of has nothing to do with just being a transgender issue. Obviously, I think a Welcome lot of to our culture over, exactly culture and politics in general boil down to that. Uh, that's why I say like it's it's actually become easier for me to scroll right past. It's not to say I don't care. It's just to say that I'm not going to read anything that I haven't already read mm-hmm. on either side. And for that reason, um, I. I I find it easier actually to scroll past. Yeah, I'll be curious to see if and what at all if there's any fallout from a, a grand scheme of people. As you said, everyone kind of has an opinion. I, you hear everyone be like, "Oh, you know, we're leaving the PDGA now," or you've got the other side that are like, "That's great, I'm signing up for the PDGA because I left them after the original decision." I'm curious to see where, in general, everything tends to fall. The big change, so to speak, with uh, the PDGA and you can you can search it right on their website was it says altering section C of the policy by striking the following language more or less the transition prior to puberty so while you still have to have had two years of um the nanimal levels at a specific level, and forgive me, I know it's been a while since we've talked about this, so some of it's starting to slip. The actual, before it was, you had to transition prior to puberty, and that has been struck. Um, I know the PDGA did settle their lawsuit with Natalie Ryan, and I believe this was part of the settlement, is what, I don't know this officially, but this is what kind of you can assume based on what is. The PDGA also announced that, you know, they're just not set to fight this financially. You know, it's, it's costing membership money. And there are some people who think that this is a perfect use for membership money to fight it. There are others who think, you know what? Let's leave that to maybe some bigger pockets. Let's use the PDGA money that we have coming in from members to do more disc golf related things as opposed to fighting pro or con of this. So I understand we understand where everybody comes from a different side, but this update does go into effect January 1st of 2024. The only difference between the PDGA and the DGPT restriction is the DGPT has set a restriction that says you need to have had um, surgery. You need to have had the surgery in order to compete. It isn't just the um, the same as the PDGA. The, you actually had to have had gender-affirming surgery in order to uh, be eligible for the DGPT. So... There is a little bit stricter policy for DGPT on this. That's, I think, really the only difference. And I say only, it's probably a very big difference to whomever it is, but I'm saying only in the fact that it feels like only one thing, <laughs> not the size of, or scale of that one thing. All right. Well, uh, 
that's that's the news, and that's where we'll continue to see. Again, voice your opinions. Uh, I, I would, no matter where you stand on it, I always feel like voicing your opinion in the most hopefully professional and or calmest demeanor uh, to the right people is going to be your best bet to do just that. Screaming, uh, just simply going out there and screaming into the air may may or may not relieve some frustration. You should see my uh, MySpace page, but Terry. But it's it only is gonna nothing get but so ranting far, and raving. So. I would, uh, you know, just like we say with politics, contact your local representatives and or authorities. Let your voice be heard. Uh, that's what I would recommend. I think that's going to be the most productive way to move forward. And and then still realize whatever happens may or may not fall within uh, what you want or expect. Um, My Friendster page is lit up right now. It probably is wild. I can see that. So <laughs> my, my, uh, that's, my Google circles. <laughs> uh, that is where that stands. Uh, I, and I'm going to follow along uh, as we're talking about different things seen on the internet. Tim Quartz on the board had asked if the Ken Climo Twitter account or X account it's not is, real. Uh, in fact, Ken Climo. And the answer is no. If it were, I would have I would lose and or stop bothering talking to Kenny if that's if that were the real Ken Climo on X uh I would be done with with Kenny that's uh and and the the Ken Climo person login whatever on X uh, started as what I thought was going to be a, a semi lighthearted parody humorous parody like, and has just uh now to me feels like just on outright mean-spirited far too often for my personal uh, takes. Not to say you everything's you know rainbows and yep. sunshine. And I, I knew, obviously I've known for a while it wasn't Kenny, but I think correct. even Ken Climo yeah, made, posted a, on ma- made a post on Facebook saying that, hey, someone's... With uh, his joint account that he has with his wife. Yes, uh, that someone's that's not me. doing an imposter. And as well, the back and forth I had with the imposter account, he, uh, he referenced... He he or she referenced me by name, not the name that Kenny calls me. Mm. So I was like, mm, that right there. And I wasn't going to call it out because at this point it was like, whatever. I think every at this point, I hope everybody knows that it is a parody just, or a it, it used to be a parody would be one thing. This is more so now just uh, it's I don't know. It's it's beyond parody, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. And what I hate about that is the fact that it is allowed to create so much confusion. Right. Like if you if you are unassumingly you just learned of Kenny, you're a relatively new player. You learned of Kenny through the skins match and some recent commentary. Maybe you dug into his history a little bit and you go to Twitter and it looks like a very there's a seemingly legitimate account. There's another Ken Climo account, even other than that one that hasn't been posted on in in like three or four years. That wasn't the Ken. That wasn't. And that was also that what I think was actually someone with his his. Uh, with good intentions originally, if yeah. I recall, so. I just I hate the fact that they're without any f- true verification. There's just it's fair that someone wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. And talk about dragging Kenny's name through the mud. Then, well, if you're going to make a bunch of posts that look like they're really coming from him, and there's no way for the just kind of uh, light user to actually distinguish if it's him or not, and I I think that's terrible. I I don't love that. Um, no, nope. I'm not going to quite call it identity theft, but I just, I think it sucks. I really it, do. It does. It does. On some brighter news. Uh, the other thing that was announced last Thursday was the PDGA acquiring our friends Stat Mando. Yeah, they own them. Yeah, they, they own them. I mean, they're just basically like employees now. 
So, um, yes, the PDGA acquired Statmando. That includes the technology behind Statmando, the the three primary employees of Statmando. They are now PDGA employees. Uh, I think there's a there's a little history on the PDGA page. Uh, I, I talked to Dion on the side and said, you know, we'd love to have on at some point. There's Dion, there's Evan, and then there's Hans. Um, all of which I think Hans is mostly the the brains behind the website itself, like the development of the website. Um, my understanding is Evan is kind of diving into that a little bit as well, but Evan is a little bit more on the stats and Dion is kind of the leader project leader of this and, and kind of more so, I don't want to say directing, but kind of steering the ship a little bit more so, but because Dion, uh, I believe is now some sort of uh, director of this particular Avenue for the PDGA. Mm. So uh, upon talking to him, I, I'll have to get a little bit more. And I know there's going to be a little bit of period of time of, you know, coming into the PDGA, learning the culture, um, getting everything organized as far as how I want. I know that uh, at, with talking to Dion, that Steve Gans is his direct boss. Mm. And so Steve is what? What are you, what are you giving that look for? <laughs> I, that's on. I, I mean, I mean, oh, Steve, yeah, uh, the other guy we've known for twenty years and has been really great to us. Ooh, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> um, so I, I couldn't be happier for the guys at Statmando. It's I don't know if this is what they had their eyes on when they started up Statmando, but I think it's a really good position to be in. Um, I honestly kind of thought the Statmando was was going to kind of get folded into the DGPT at some point. That was kind of my idea. Of, Maybe I was like, oh, that would be a good fit for them because they focus primarily on the pros. They fo- but th- what this will do is this will allow the PDGA to really look at the stats much deeper and have more bodies behind the keyboards and give it to everybody, not just the pros. So you'll hopefully in the future, we'll be able to see a lot of the stuff that Statmando has for the entire PDGA base. And I'm excited for that. I can't wait till we have more stats to back up or debunk sandbag the term sandbagging. Mm. Like that should be project, you know, top priority number one. I'm sure that's what they're going to be find a sandbagger. On. I'm just kidding. Yeah, it. Uh, congratulations to them. Uh, it, it poses a couple of questions and a couple other thoughts. Uh, one. You know, we're talking about numbers and stats and a lot of data and analysis and things that kind of all break down. And, and we've seen the advancement of the PDGA live scoring. We see that at our majors. Some have said, why don't we have UDISC at some of our, uh, our we'll say, other uh, majors that aren't necessarily pros? UDISC obviously has been really focused on a, the courses and all the stuff that they do with the courses, including a ton of new things that we just highlighted a few weeks ago. And uh, B, we've seen them, you know, tied together and really help revolutionize all of the scoring that we saw with the Disc Golf Pro Tour. I guess the question that I think is a fair one that gets asked is, is there enough room and need for more data analysis type people depending on what their intended outcomes are is is stat mando where's where's their overlap now clearly stat mando isn't creating any kind of scoring app or isn't doing any kind of scoring they look at scores that are inputted mm-hmm. in which something that udisc has been doing uh very well for a number of years so i'm not claiming they're the same but you have to wonder where is their overlap where is with their, the pdga well with with just all just 
with the PDGA and then also, but more so, I just think overall within our disc golf culture is where is some of that overlap, what's needed, what's not, and who's ultimately the end user and who who who's focused on whom, right? Like you said it earlier, Stat Mando was providing a ton of great statistics into my ear along with uh, a number of other people on which the Disc Which they will Golf continue Network, to do. Which they'll continue to do. That seemed to be a, a main focus and or a uh, a main benefit that we were receiving. And yet UDIS can derive a ton of great statistics and do a, uh, uh, has done an unbelievable. I mean, we built half our show tonight on the idea of using yeah. some UDIS statistics. Thanks, UDIS. Exactly. So I think it's just fair to ask, where is their overlap? Where will the opportunities continue to be and or where are the voids uh where, where are the empty well, spaces that maybe neither are currently filling and is that is that something that a pdga employee or a stat mando or a udis comes in or are you sitting at home thinking this is great we've got all these entities but we're still missing blank well and i think it might be that solution if you i mean it's kind of cool if it's data related or statistics related we'll say and you feel like we're missing it i would say reach out to the guys at Statmando. I think they are in the best position to, to do that. And I think this will also help benefit PDGA members. Because m- if I had to take a wild guess, these statistics mostly will probably be behind your membership paywall. Especially for the non-touring pros. Maybe the touring pros, we see some of this be uh, public in front of the paywall, so to speak. But I'm willing to bet that if you, in, we'll just say in five years, when... A lot of this gets rolled out and we start to see, you know, oh, you want to look at the stats of, you know, you click, I want to see stats of Johnny versus Terry over the last 15 years. And I'm guessing that's that stuff for your, you know, your average player, so to speak, is going to be part of your benefits of being a PDGA member. Now, what I will say is UDISC obviously has their statistics for the Pro Tour. And they have access to certain stats that we just don't have access to publicly. All that C1, CX stuff that Stat Mando even doesn't have access to. And until the PDGA gets access to that, they, they're going to be reliant upon just standard scoring data, raw score data. I think that there's definitely a position for both companies at this point that we're going to, we're still going to see Stat Mando focus on the statistics of PDGA members within the reason of what they have, of what they have. Cause like I said, we all know no one's going to be able to find out your C2 stats, Terry, because there's no way to collect them right now. Other than what disc, I submit, other than what you submit to you disc, <laughs> what I put in my vlog. That's right. What you put in your vlog, your no blogger, edits. You put in there's your a reason I'm 90% from C2. So I, I, I see a good, avenue for a lot of different companies right now and i'm really excited for the future of data analysis with the pdga now that stat mando is on board yeah uh and then i guess my last point to all of that uh, i'd reiterate if there's something you're skilled in and it maybe doesn't align with somebody something that's already happening there's no reason for you do not it to pursue it keep pushing forward uh, i'll use uh, in a very similar fashion, having my first conversations uh, with Seth Muncy at the memorial many, many years ago, and he just showed up 
And he was just there helping out the players, not getting paid a dime. Now he's a billionaire. Okay, he's maybe not. But anyway, <laughs> he wasn't getting paid a dime. He was just, pardon the pun, so to speak, just putting in the reps. He was showing up. He was proving his worth time and time again to the individual players to eventually the player said, shit, how are we living without you? We need you here, man. We would really like to have you here, or we need you here, or the tour needs you here. And Seth put in a few of those months and years, and then obviously all the history before that. He didn't just show up one day. Uh, he he did all of that. And I look at Stat Mando, I look at UDISC, and then probably dozens of other examples within our sport, and it's not just unique to our sport. My point is my little motivational uh, moment here to close out on that thought is just like, just go out and do it. Whatever that is. If you, if there's currently a, an opening, yeah, an opening or you're seeing an opportunity and somebody else isn't doing it or somebody's doing it and they're not doing it maybe that great or well, or, or wholeheartedly and you can do it better, man, if you, if you work hard and you can prove to others just how valuable it is. Uh, the possibilities are there more than ever before. And and I we can't say that 20 years ago. 20 years ago, if you had a damn good idea, it was tougher because there were less people, because there was less money, because there was less resources. Uh, there wasn't the social media, all of those types of things. And now it's just, uh, I don't want to say it's become easier, but it's definitely become more accessible than ever before. And uh, you probably don't need the motivation, but I would say go out and do it. Thanks, Tony Robbins. That's much appreciated. That's what it is. All right. The other big news that was announced right after the podcast, it was announced on, I believe, Wednesday. PDGA Worlds going to Europe. European vacation. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about going. Yeah, were you? That's nice. Um, It was announced that the PDGA World Championships in 2025 is going over to Europe. I believe we're going to see it at which two courses, Terry? Is it the Beast? Uh, the Beast and, and something in Nokia. Uh, or is the Talon? Beast in Nokia. No, Talon's in Estonia. No, Talon's in Estonia. That's where the that's where the, the, the big European event is going to be next year. Because uh, it's going to be, in, uh, there are two big events in 2025 in Europe, and it's Talon. Yeah, uh, Talon is where they'll make the, what I believe is the, uh, this year was the European Disc Golf Championships was held in Estonia. Uh, in two years, that's going in 2025. That's going to be, excuse me, become a major. So yeah, Nokia and Tampere is uh, so the beast along with whatever the other one, mm-hmm. new one is being, the new course is being called, is what uh, the Tampere Disc Golf Center. Okay, clever. So uh, <laughs> how, did, how did that get past me? Um, yeah, so Nokia and Tampere, and a big congratulations to UC who's been pushing for this for a decade. Literally a decade, that guy has been pushing to have Worlds. And if you are a a strict follower of Smashbox, the last time we had the PDGA on a rep, he made a very big hint that we would see Worlds in Europe very soon. And this was a... He didn't say which Worlds. Nope, he didn't. Meaning it could have been an age-protected or an amateur, but... I just don't see that happening. I think, me personally, knowing that... Pro Worlds was the first one that was going to go over. It just makes the most sense because the other divisions are very, very heavily U.S. related. And I know there are AMs over in Europe and everything, but I think it's going to be quite a few more years before we see an AM Worlds over there. I would guess at least. What about a Masters Worlds? Even probably even longer. I think there's I think we're better likely to see AM Worlds than a Masters Worlds just because the size of the divisions. 
So anyway, Pro Worlds over in Europe. Congratulations to UC. There were apparently four bids for it, and uh, and and UC got it. I you know you can't uh, you can't argue with the results he's been putting out for tournaments, running the European Open for many years. He's done a phenomenal job. So we're gonna see uh, we're gonna see Worlds in Europe, and all I can say is that I can't believe they're taking Worlds away from the United States. It's it's we're not letting where a, it belongs. Uh, <laughs> Emporia or Peoria have it. I know. Jeez, it, it, it's not even at, an, at a Poria place. No, I mean it's Porialess. It's Porialess. No, um, I, I we I have seen some people that are like, well, I, you know, when the European Open happens, the 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 quality of the event and the quality of the field is so much lower than when Worlds is here versus the other majors. And all I say to that is too stinking bad. I think Worlds deserves to be held at other places. I think Europe makes a lot of sense. Um, and anyone that has a chance to win Worlds will be there. Exactly. So you might not get your 10, 15 rated players that show up that you're going to see at Worlds in general, but you're going to see them replaced with European players. I, I so think... Even if the comp, even if the overall quality of the field is lower i think that the top i would say third of the field is just as good it's going to be just the same as it always is so. yeah uh and i think i like the idea that we're likely going to see the other major take place shortly thereafter and therefore people will be you know going for bang for their buck in terms of being there wanting to participate in the worlds and then wanting to play in the major which they would hope to do anyway so uh, it, there's a lot of logistics that make sense. The one thing I'll say on it is I was surprised at still, though, the I thought this would be like a, like a 98% to 2% uh, jubilation, as in people being excited about going there. I was surprised at how many people actually still complained about the idea of it being there. And those Europeans don't want us dirty Americans over there. I don't blame I them. from them. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Just the amount of people that that took issue with it. Um, and, and maybe again, maybe it's just a, a very vocal minority, whatever the case might be. I was surprised. I really thought it would be close to like a, a 98 to 2% or I didn't think of course it would be a hundred percent, but the fact that there was five or 10% or more, whatever the number is, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised at the amount of people that still actually uh, dismiss or poo poo. Well, the idea of being there, and you could maybe those you could five guess, or 10% people aren't going to be at worlds in anyway. Pro, so too maybe bad. not, or, or even some of them were just flat out spectators and seem to have issue with it. Now, maybe I'm just really good at finding and or coming across. Uh, I think they pop more because I saw some of it too. And I, I think it just as anything, you know, you could have Terry, you put out a video and there are a thousand comments for whatever reason, you're going to find the two of them that are just, yeah, somebody it, being a, a just a, a just anti or, or pointing out the mistakes or the flaws or whatever and are, are just not friendly. So I think that's what we tend to focus on. I believe that it probably is ninety eight percent uh people that are that are just believe that it's time for worlds to be in another uh over in Europe. I don't want to say another country because we have had it in Canada. So mm. um but to have it outside of North America. Yes. Either way. I think it's awesome. Johnny and I have been, you know, members since the mid nineties and mm-hmm. now we're seeing this happen uh in twenty twenty five. I think it's pretty cool and obviously I don't want to say overdue. 
it it it's due. Overdue is a strong term because I I'll yeah. re- always rely and fall right back on what I say every time there's any bidding process for any event. You have to have a good quality bid uh, with people that want to and are capable of running it. And we're now in a position where it seems like they check all of those boxes. And it's not just a, a hope or a wish or a dream. They have all those hopes, wishes, and dreams. But in addition to it, they have all the uh, necessary other boxes checked. Yeah, the argument, know. if you could say it's overdue, it's only overdue by a year. <laughs> because I don't think before even this upcoming 2024 that you almost could have. Maybe this year, 2023, could have got away with it just based on the size, the way disc golf has exploded. Before that, I don't really believe that it was as realistic to get players or as many players needed overseas that qualify because like it or not the united states has a higher percentage of top players like correct like your your 1050 through 1030 players that are really truly have a chance to win worlds so it makes sense but now we're seeing a the growth in europe and on top of that we're seeing the capabilities of those players to be able to travel to europe because the money is there and you know you might not make a ton of cash if you go there and you take eighth or tenth at world's but you're not losing a lot of money like you probably would have been three, four, five years ago. So I think that the the timing is pretty close to right on. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm happy to see it. I am as well. So now we're seeing a, a few more comments come in from the board. Uh, Buzz Swan says finally a world's outside of North America, correct? And then also um, somebody said, uh, "Oh, uh, Christian." Uh, says cheers from Germany and also said that uh, there's many Europeans that are very excited about it and completely understood and looking forward to it. Ray also says some players with criminal records can't (laughs) go probably. Don't don't have a criminal record then. uh, Yeah. I was going to say like, I don't, I don't, uh, does that suck for them? Of course it does for whomever that might apply to. It sucks for them. Uh, should that be of any real concern for us as a professional sport? No. Uh-uh. Like, I, I, they may have made a mistake and paid the price for it and everything else, but if that leaves a permanent restriction on them for whatever reason, if that's part of the overall system, I, I you can feel bad for them. Great. Sure. But, I mean, I don't think in any way, shape, or form should we uh, be, be holding back <laughs> the other... Uh, the others and the sport because of what might hinder a couple of people. Um, I'm uh, that doesn't. It's funny that th- thought didn't even cross my mind. No, nor nor did it cross my mind. Well, I guess we we should be we should probably get in more trouble then. And then, then I'm, that would I'm be up for that. Let's go get in some trouble here. In the forefront of our our brains. Um, so, I, and I don't know if it was uh, we we didn't touch on it too much. But Nico LaCastro had made the talk about uh, purchasing some land outside of Houston and developing a course. Uh, I think Nico's gone on to now talk about how he wants to have a championship caliber course. He's talking about various tees and pins. I think one of the biggest thoughts or questions would be is to how much he plans to still continue to tour or play. And if this is going to be his new project, that's going to take over his time. We see that Kale is not on the road most of the year. I mean, Kale will take... Now, some little mini tours. He also does then some things in the off season, but Kale is largely a Minnesota, you know, Midwestern competitor for the most part, with then branching out into a few events. It doesn't sound like we're going to see the same from Nico. Nico 
We'll put the course on the project and the property kind of on the back burner uh, while he continues to still continue to be a uh, a full-time touring pro. I think that was one of my biggest questions as to what we're going to see from him, and uh, that question, I guess, has been answered by him. So we'll see. And then, and then who knows? I mean, he may say that today, and come mid-March, he's like, man, I, I'm loving what we're doing here or what we're getting accomplished or the progress we've already made. Uh, I want to stay here and grind it out for six more months or a year or whatever, and and maybe he only leaves for a couple of big events, and he and he really completely uh, immerses himself in the property. I guess that's to be seen. But uh, congratulations, of course, to Nico and and anyone else that's on part of it, uh, on part of uh, supporting with it, uh, as so many should. Uh, Ray asked Terry, "Did you see yourself in Alden's vlog?" Uh, I I just saw Johnny said there was another spot where there was a reference to me, but I just saw the first, basically the opening of the vlog. Um, and uh, <laughs> I'll say this for anyone that says, oh, I go too soft on some of our players. I, I think there's a little bit of a, <laughs> a clarification that I, I certainly didn't there. My and f- I wasn't even giving him a hard time about uh, his timeliness. No, actually, it was Sexton that that made the comment because you had said something about uh in the in, in the vlog you see Ganon throw and it looked like an early release into some trees. Yep. And I then terrible. Terrible. And then Sexton had made a comment as well. And then they cut to Ganon sitting down with commentary with you, which I don't believe was the same clearly wasn't no, the same that, event. Yeah, he did commentary but, at the memorial with me. Correct. Okay. But then they, that was like almost one of the next scenes was him sitting there and Alden behind him filming mm-hmm. and, and Ganon just talking about how terrible he was. And <laughs> uh, they showed him my, on the peninsula hole, which uh, what, 13, 12, uh, 11, something like that. Uh, uh, nine, uh, nine, eight or nine. Eight or, eight or nine, just going OB over and over. Like through. Oh. He's like, you know, this is where you should probably lay it up. And then he throws it in the water and just. You know, huh. and amazing. Okay. So I did not see that part. Of that it, that was uh, in there as well. And you you had a, a small appearance in there. I watch again. I'm 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 guilty of being a little bit of a fanboy of of Alden's vlogs. Nice. I think they're I think they're funny, and I I really quite enjoy them. I think it's the best personally. I think it's the best content out on disc golf content out on YouTube right now. Okay. And speaking of disc golf content, uh, one of the things I made an attempt at uh, because it was right there in front of me, so I decided to dive into it today. I I cut down. Anthony Barella's best round of the year. I happen to have recorded it. What DGPT event was that, Terry? Oh, wait, but it wasn't. Oh. <laughs> now, I recorded. Uh, actually, I don't think I hit the record buttons, but it was my channel. We had captured uh, Anthony Barella's second round of the memorial. Spoiler alert. He had a bogey and still shot four or 15 under. Uh, shot 15 under, ended up being a 1095 rate around. This was back in March. And so what I did for only like the eighth or ninth time on my channel, I just trimmed it to just his shots. And instead of being a 30-some minute video, or I'm sorry, 60-some minutes for a full 18, it was 11 minutes, almost on the dot. 11 minutes, nothing but A-B shots, him shooting a 15 under. And uh, as of tonight, uh, if you are, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, 10 hours after releasing it, it seems to be doing all right in terms I, of viewership. And uh, my, my whole point of bringing it up was besides the self plug was, is if you guys like that, if you if it's iconic rounds or if it's their best rated round or or one of their top three or four or five rated rounds of the season. Like if I have that, would you like to see it again with just their shots? Uh, there's no commentary. It's just the play. And they're probably all going to be about 
if I had to guess, somewhere between 10 and 12 minutes long. I would be curious to know if more people would like that. I don't know the type of results that you're going to get from the Anthony Barella one, but I know I have personally told you for years that I think we should be seeing more individual player rounds. It, they don't even have to be record-breaking. Just, okay. just, I would say, and it's hard to qualify, a great round. If you have four guys and they're on the second card and you see somebody shoot a great round, a 1070, a 1080, whatever that is, I would love to see more of those broken out. I had a, uh, not to Martin Luther King this, but I had a dream um, when I was doing a lot of the live stuff. I wanted to see the, you know, take the 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 back end of the disc golf network. I I had originally wanted my vision. I think I told this to Steve Dodge back in the day was that I wanted to see almost every single round broken out by individual. I wanted to be able to go to DGN and search for Paul McBath and just see Paul McBath rounds, not just the rounds he played with everybody, but individual rounds, whether it was good or bad. Like, oh, I'm going to watch Paul McBath's memorial rounds from 2021. Okay, click. There it is. And I can just watch his round and just and that's a lot of manpower. I'm not <laughs> I'm not here to 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 crap on anybody for lack of effort, but that's my vision. And that's my dream is that I can just look at individual people and say, man, I'd really love to see this round just of them. Cause I don't want to have to sit and personally fast forward through, you know, Yuli and germ and, and, and Sexton and Paul. I, I just want to see Paul's round. Or if I'm a big Sexton fan, I just want to see Sexton. Sure. And, and have each of those rounds handy for me. And, And I know it's very difficult and it's a lot of effort, but that is my dream to be able to go through and just search for individual rounds. So I, w- I hope we see more of this specifically right now from your channel when you have a, a gr- I would say a good to great round, even if it's not the best round of the season from that person, an individual round. And I, and I know it takes you an extra hour or two to edit or whatever that is to, to put all that together and get it uploaded and tagged and all that other stuff you need to do. And I'm not doing that work, so I'm never going to complain about it. But I really like to see that. I really want to see more of that from everybody, not just you, but whether it's the DGN or Gatekeeper or GK or whoever's doing these rounds, throw out individual player rounds. I think it, it it's it's really nice, and I don't think it's a ton more effort. It, it's 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 additional effort, but I don't believe it's that much more after you already have everything cut together to to take out shots. But <laughs> the worst part was I couldn't find my my appropriate timeline from that particular round. So I oh. essentially re Oh, so you had to re-edit? Oh, <laughs> but thankfully, there weren't that many shots no, uh, because he played so well. So uh, spoiler alert, uh, by the time you're listening or watching or reading this, whatever the case might be, um, there will probably also be, I happen to, I think, get Andrew Marweed's hottest round of the entire year. Uh, and that was at a different event on a different course that was over at the Shelly Sharp at the Vista course. And I know some will argue, you know, and that was the number one comment that came in is people like, oh, I don't want to watch this because it's at the Fountain Hills course. I, I get that you think it's relatively easy and it's not your favorite course. I get that. It's just, it's just, it's kind of one of those things like no matter what you put out, no matter what it offers, somebody's going to find a, a way to uh, nitpick at it. And I'm not listening to just those criticisms like, <laughs> It's not my fault he shot this great round and it's on a course you don't love. Watch it or don't. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's out there. You're going to see a few more of those. Um, it, what is funny to me was today I, I I put out the round and then I said, 
Anthony Barella's hottest round of the entire year. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. And I tagged DGPT and, and PDGA. I tagged them in that tweet. Like an hour later, DGPT put out a graphic of, oh, all the hottest rounds on the Pro Tour this year. Oh. Don't worry. I, I what had, a coincidence. What a quinketing. I, <laughs> I was past it already. I already had AB's hottest round of the year. All right. So watch it or don't. If you don't like the course, maybe you hate AB. I don't care. Then don't watch it. That's okay, too. Or put it on. And then just walk away from it. I yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's the extra view or two. It's I great. Use the extra view. All right. Uh, good Christmas. Everything uh, Everything was good on my end. My Christmas is always involved. Some traveling. I go up north. I have to come back. There's, Same here. Uh, some, you know, a little bit of time in the car. At least my 15-year-old, Allison, uh, did get a couple hours of highway driving in. Oh, so with the whole family be, in the car? Yeah. So uh, Was she nervous on the highway no. at first? No, no. because uh, she's been on small sections of 94. Okay. And so going up on 41, which is now also an interstate, uh, going up on that was relatively easy, and it wasn't too... Um, taxing or nerve-wracking and traffic was not crazy by any means but what i my big takeaway though is is it's wild after you and i have now been driving for almost 30 years god don't remind me to sit in literally a car, 30 years yeah yep to sit in a car with a young adult that you're shaping and molding, uh, hopefully with some of your own insights and, and uh, you know, behaviors, hopefully the good ones and such. And then you're, it feels like you're teaching them about driving, but you're, it's almost like philosophical at the same time, because obviously driving is not just what you're doing. It's so much of you're reacting and or thinking about what maybe someone else is either doing or about to do or what they're thinking. So to be in the car and to be in the left lane and doing 80 in a 70 uh, or doing 78 in a, in a 70, but she's in the left lane and isn't quite actively passing at that exact moment. And I said, yeah, there's a car. I said, this I said, there's a car on your ass and they're pissed off wondering why you're not moving over. Like I and just mm-hmm. like constantly trying to help explain kind of the whole philosophy and then just thinking about, yeah, where, it's just, it's where, wild. Where do you hide your open intoxicant? Yeah, I mean, exactly. you have, have to, talk. you have to know, like if, <laughs> Hey, if the popo was on your ass, uh-huh. you, you, and, you, you can't throw it out the window. Cause they're going to see that. And see, at what point do you say you just want to talk to your lawyer? And that's what point right. Do you say you just want to call daddy. <laughs> no, it's, um, it, uh, again, it's so, it, it, I guess I'll say it's like the X's and O's of the driving, but then it's so much more, about philosophy of just everything, all these other just vision, people. just watching everything. Yeah, and just um, 
you know, and, and then she's like, I don't get why so-and-so is doing this or doing that. And it's like, well, sometimes people also just assholes like, and this is happening or mm-hmm. that person cut that corner way too short. And it made you feel uncomfortable, even though you're right where you should be. And like, just kind of working through all those emotions that we all take for granted after driving for 30 years. It's a, it's a really interesting, um, yeah, set of discoveries and feelings that you have. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, it's 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 crazy how uh yeah, all those philosophies and emotions. Uh, I, I specifically start remember out. a story like driving through I lived right off of Highway 10 growing up in Appleton. So it was a it was a pretty major road. It was I mean it was a highway basically. It was a two lane four four lane I guess in there some spots highway. And we lived right off of it. So coming in and out of that particular of our driveway was never. It was rarely easy because you'd have to stop and then you'd have to kind of keep an eye behind you. Hope that someone wasn't going to rear end you as you made it. If you had to make a right turn and cross traffic or you had to slow down and make a left turn and understand that suddenly you're you're, for whatever reason, people are like, why are you putting a blinker on here when you're on the highway? It's like, oh, because I live right here. But I remember driving with my dad before I was before I had my license, and it was a really sunny day, and we're driving through Little Chute, and I had driven through a green light, and he stopped and yelled at me. He's like, he's like, do you see what you just did? And I was like, what did I do? He's like, you just drove right through that light. I'm like, I think it was green. He's like, do you know it was green? I'm like, what? Well, it was hard to see because of the sun. And he's like, he's like, are you sure it wasn't red? And I'm like. I guess I'm not 100 percent sure. I, I, I it was it was green when I was coming up to it, but then sure enough, I couldn't. I literally couldn't see it. And he's like, "Well, it was green, but it could have been red." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not fair. I know, I know, it wasn't fair, but it you, made you me... could have got us killed if a car T-boned us right there too. Like... Yeah, 100. percent But it's something I remembered, and I remember ever <laughs> since then looking at those lights that are up above because the sun was right behind it. Like you, there was no way you could see it. Like almost for half a block, you couldn't see mm. what color the light was just based on the way the light was. But this is before LED lights and everything, and it it, it stuck with me for. Ever, forever. I still to second guess if you're at a green or red light to, to, to just double check that the lights are and slow down, even if it's a green light yeah. to slow down just to make sure other people can see and whatnot. Like there's so much to it. And I don't know. Again, I don't know why that particular moment stuck with me just because it wasn't fair, maybe. But thinking like, oh, yeah, I really couldn't see the light. I just mm. knew it was green because it was green as I was coming up to it like eight seconds ago. And, uh, and and all that, which is funny because this weekend I drove through that exact same intersection on my way to like, oh, damn, my, si- my sister's house for uh, Christmas. Uh, which is also funny because at one point we were coming up to an intersection and uh, it was it was red. It had just turned red. Uh, and it's two lanes of turn lanes. And a guy in a white minivan goes out from a car that's sitting there at the red light, goes out around it, goes into the other lane, then burns through the red light and burns through the turn and then continues and zips off. And she's like, what just happened? I'm like, complete idiot, like illegal Mm -hmm. times a thousand, like everything wrong about what you should be doing. (laughs) Like he had to, he had to swerve around a car to get into another lane to then go through a red light. I'm like, and that's when I said like, that those are the crazy things you just always so, have to be. Sometimes people uh, are in a hurry, Terry. Keep your eyes open for because even if you're doing everything legally, in your case, somebody else might not be, and you don't want to end up getting hit by that person. Like, yeah, we saw someone wild almost hit. Um, there was an off ramp, and someone was in the right lane, and they were. They, I think they were trapped because they couldn't get into the. They couldn't turn mm. left, so they sped up and 
they couldn't have missed it by more than eight feet. The protective aluminum guardrails mm. from the from, from the off ramp to the highway because they went from the the right lane, cut in front of the car in front of us, all the way over to the left lane at the very last minute. Like they looked like they were. <laughs> I didn't think they were going to make it. I thought they were going to clip that uh, that highway that aluminum highway protector and and crumple it up. But that was. Uh, I think that was on Saturday when we were driving up north because I was I was a ways back, but I even I kind of panicked and tapped the brake a little bit. Like, well, what the hell is that guy doing? So, we'll good see. stuff. Good luck. Uh, yeah, uh, everything uh, else was good. All like I said, it was. Did you get a, any good gifts? Anything that was like, oh, that's I could use that. That's uh, cool. A new backpack for uh, travels. Okay. Uh, so my and funny, I didn't bring it tonight. I didn't load it up yet. I didn't transfer all my stuff over. That so can, a new, a that's new, a day in of itself. Yeah, a new computer backpack that has uh, just a lot more compartments. Uh, it's going to be about the same size, which is about the max size you could possibly have anyway. But some new compartments and whatnot. Maybe I could be a little bit more organized, which I won't mm, be. But I'd be. like to be. It'll start that way, um, but within within two months. And then also some uh, walkie. I asked for some walkie talkies, so mm. there might hmm. be a chance to. Uh, is that for filming? Yeah, for filming, okay. in in hopes of uh, having. Uh, a walkie-talkie with me and potentially, and it might not just be a catch camera man. It could be a a uh, someone else on another card. Sure. Obviously, there's phones and texting, and that's all still going to continue to be a possibility. But if the walkie-talkie solution ends up uh, being logical, I may go that route as well. So uh, that was about it. Anything anything crazy for you that you were dying to have that you're so happy that you finally got? No, nothing like that. My mother-in-law was upset that I didn't give her into, like a list of gifts because at mm-hmm. this point it's saying, I got this nice sweatshirt that's super like thick and fuzzy that I'm wearing right now, which I think I'm going to end up kind of living in for during the, the winter months uh, just because I prefer not to wear a jacket if I don't have to when I'm going mm-hmm. in and out. And, and I'm not outside very often. I only have to go outside in, to get to my garage. We, we don't have a connect. The garage is connected, but the uh, way to get into it is not. So I have to walk outside for like all of eight feet. <laughs> um, and then I get in my cold garage, which isn't a heated garage. Uh, I go to work, and thankfully I have underground parking. So I'm not outside very often. But if I have to fill up the car or whatnot, I just don't love always putting on a jacket. So I'll probably live in this. Um, other than that, we just got a couple games for the family and gift cards and the normal stuff that I, I'm going to be able to spend money on. Uh, speaking of Christmas uh, uh, or whatever celebra- uh, holidays holiday. holiday or holidays you're celebrating, uh, we wish you all the best. I saw that, of course, I think we all saw that Scott Stokely again doing his holiday gathering. I was not in any way part of it. I couldn't be. Uh, either I as I a could. guest or as a viewer. So I'm curious if any of you on our board were able to take it in. It, he had an incredible, he had like four hours of guests lined up yeah. is what I saw with a ton of top level celebrities and, and talent within our disc golf field. So hopefully uh, you guys took that in and I assume it was a, a good time. Uh, and big shout out to Scott for doing that, as we all know. It's like his fourth season, yeah, fourth year not, in a row. He's not doing everyone that. always great. has the opportunity to either travel or be with loved ones. And so to have our disc golf community be able to uh, dial into them uh, for a little while, hopefully, was a good time for everybody. That's about it on that front. And um, I locally thought I was likely going to do a flex start on New Year's Eve day on the 31st and it doesn't look as of right now like that's going to actually unfold but 
we're still waiting. Fingers crossed. Another cool thing that I'm doing uh, tomorrow and or the next day is planning to visit uh, the course that I'm working on in southeastern Wisconsin. It's been a long work in progress, and now they're talking about cutting trees and uh, getting the small stuff out of the way in a few weeks. So that means myself and a couple others may be heading uh, down to uh, the village of Salem Lake. Lakes? to uh, mark some final trees that will actually get taken out uh, by the contractors. So that's really exciting because we're seeing like hardcore official uh, earth moving development type stuff, uh, which literal earth moving, not just exactly figuratively. figuratively. So that means that uh, a course installation and playable, uh, it will be likely here by 2024. And like a lot of projects, it was all hot and heavy to start. Then there was some drama within the community or the board or some other stuff and things slowed down or transitions, all that other stuff. And now it seems to be back on the front burner. And so that makes it very exciting. So a lot of Midwestern listeners and people have been asking about that property. Looking forward to that actually unfolding and taking place. So hopefully we're going to see a course installed sometime in 2024. Uh, I'd be surprised if somehow that didn't happen. Ace Run Productions out there on the board. Hope you're doing well. Probably uh, Felix and Conrad, um, and I'm sure those guys are continuing to uh, load up a ton of content for you guys. I'm sure they have a backlog of content that was gathered throughout the year that will probably continue to unfold and get released on their pages. So uh, Ace Run, hope you're well. All right, Glenn Riser had asked about a Smashbox shirt. I have found a couple. I've also found some legacy gear that I had tucked away for a few years, and I'm just trying to get all of that sorted out. So if you're one of the people that has recently reached out, um, it's really cool that in running some gear a number of years ago, I had worked directly with legacy to have certain designs made up that we worked on that I know no one else has. So if you're, for instance, in this case, like a legacy diehard and you're a huge big time fan and you weren't, maybe you, maybe you weren't either playing golf yet then, or you somehow just missed this a few years ago, uh, being able to grab a few of these items out of storage and get them all inventoried so that you could have what will be fresh gear to you and probably to a lot of the others is pretty exciting. I, for instance, I found some lightweight hoodies that I had done for a tournament many years ago. I found a, a, a bin of them, and I put them up on the Legacy page, and they were mostly sold out within minutes. Uh, so it's that's kind of what I mean is seeing some of this really cool stuff uh, that I know is very unique because I was the only one running that particular design or had uh, put together that design. Uh, Ace Run says, don't set... Don't set such high expectations. Oh, I know you guys have some footage for the world to watch. Uh, Tim Court says Disc Golf Masters Tour was a fun watch. Uh, Make sure you're checking that out. And um, Tim says, I like watching those kids play, meaning the Masters Tour. Speaking of which, mark your calendars. Early here in 2024, let's uh, let's get a return of Callie McMorrin on. Obviously, she's been making big moves and strides to push forward with the Disc Golf Masters Tour. It was almost exactly a year ago that we had her on, and we had a ton of questions. I think she had a ton of questions, uh, even within her own camp. And so it's going to be exciting to touch base with her after one year of the Masters Tour being under her belt and uh, looking for her continued development of that tour. 
Uh, I'm relatively caught up on quite a few smashy giveaways. Good. If not, if you're still missing reach something, out. make sure that you reach out to me. Um, I'm probably waiting on an address <laughs> and or a preference from you, uh, most likely. So, but reach out if there's if you've ever heard your name called or didn't get something yet. Make sure you reach out to me ASAP and uh, let's get you all squared away, especially before I take a nice long uh, Southeastern Asia trip. But Terry, how do they become eligible for these Well, there's an easy way to do that, folks, and that's to go to patreon.com slash smashboxtv. Patreon.com slash smashboxtv. There's a number of individual levels in which you can support us at. And if you support us at as little as a dollar a month, you become eligible every single week to win something right here on our show. We often do that in the after show where we have a giveaway. And those giveaways have ranged anywhere from, uh, I'd say on the low end, about $12 to $14. And on the high end, pushing anywhere from $35 to $50 in terms of our giveaway. So uh, as little as a dollar a month can make you eligible. Smashbox TV which it makes you, you a better person on Patreon. Or you could be like Glenn and say, you know what? I'm going to just throw in five bucks to support us th- via the super chat. We and Glenn actually way. signs up at smashbox.tv slash weekly giveaways every single week. His name is on there. So he is, he is listed on our sheet. Speaking of our sheet, I have everybody that's in there, including from that, uh, that list. There's 135 people eligible for our giveaway this week. And I have sorted it by mailing address, which means that if you have a mailing address, you're up at the top of the list. And those are like, you know, the first, I would say, 70, 80, 90 people. And then everyone else is sorted, I believe, just randomly based on whatever Google Sheets wanted to sort you in. But we have 135 people eligible for our giveaway tonight, Terry. We need to give something away. So why don't you figure out how many numbers we're going to draw? I think we're here at the end of the year. It's going to be our last one. We're in episode 486's after show. Six. We're going to go to 488 starting up. Or our, maybe the main show. Who knows? Oh yeah, or the main show, depending on how you want to look at it. I think I think we go big. We go one. First, Move first, the first one. First one drawn will be our winner tonight here on random.org. All right, random.org. I'm going to hit this generate button between 1 and 135. The answer is 112. Ooh, not good. 112. Someone without an address. Someone us. without an address. So we're going to have to probably find someone without an address. 112 is, uh, I believe, Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers. Love it. Kenny I think Rogers. Kenny's a longtime supporter. Uh, probably. Yeah, he's been around since uh, 2018. 2018. Congrat- Kenny. Congratulations, Kenny Rogers. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for your. He's support. a gambler. Yes, I'm sure he's never heard that. Never, never. That is, I'm certainly. Original. I probably used it the last time he won a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so thanks. So. Thank you for uh, your Patreon support, Kenny. Uh, we'll reach out to you at your email address, which is Kenny. I'm just kidding. Um, and get you uh, get all your information so Terry can send you out a disc. Thank you very much. Once again, if you want to be a supporter. Which we would really appreciate if you did. All the extra dollars, they truly do add up, and we uh, we we love it. It's patreon.com slash smashboxtv. Go now. Sign up. Don't wait. Don't think, I'll get there. I'll do it. Don't worry. I'll just do it a little later after this podcast. No. Pause your podcast. Go there. Sign up. And come back and finish the show. Yeah. And a few other things you should sign up for. A, 
Start thinking about getting your PDGA membership renewed if that's something you want to do. And if you're going to support After your Patreon part, supported. <laughs> uh, if you're going to be part of it, I would get it renewed because a lot of times when you go to sign up for a tournament, it will bump up against the database and then it'll say, oh, it's not. And then it'll charge, it'll charge you the extra $10. Da, 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 da. Just go renew your membership um, if that's what you want to do and you're planning on playing in events. Uh, we certainly encourage you to go out and get that taken care of. One more thing. Uh, just to have kind of out of the way. And then also I'm looking ahead at some coverage uh, situations. We may see something like Maricopa maybe on the radar for coverage. Also, I, if you're really trying to get on coverage, your chances might be enhanced if you find yourself in Thailand uh, and you play a good round. Um, I would recommend signing up for both the Samui Swine along with the uh, Chiang Mai Open. Just a couple of my favorites. So I would recommend signing up, go to Thailand, and play in those events. Uh, I don't know if Philo got his act together. I'm calling him out right now. Philo Brathwaite, like a four-ish time champ in Samui. And uh, when I was looking the other day, I sent him a message said, hey, the Samui swine is like... Does he plan on going overseas? He plans to go over there for an early tour to like Taiwan or China or something like that. Then he wants to go home and then come back to Samui. We're all about it. What? Yeah, I know. Okay. Get signed up. Philo, I'm calling you out. He signed, he is going to uh, Taipei for the 2024 Asia Open. And then he was talking about playing that. And he's like, well, I might go home for a week or two and then head back over and come over to Samui. Great. You've won it like the last three years in a row. Be silly not to. He hasn't signed up. And that Samui swine is going to sell out any day now. Come on, man. Get signed up, Philo. That's right. Nurl around your keyboard and sign up. Exactly. Get out of the babushka and sign up. (laughs) That's right. Tim is renewed. Good to see. Um, Yes, Tom also right there on it. I mean, you just you can't set up a, a Kenny Rogers reference and be our age without uh, going to the gambler. Just it, it's like inherently built in. You can't. Can you name another Kenny Rogers song? Um, uh, I don't know if it's the title. Uh, I don't know if it's Lucille or uh, the chorus is something along the lines of you picked a fine time to leave me Lucille. Hmm. Um, with four hungry children and a crop in the field, you picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille. Uh, my wow, mother, it's called Lucille. Yeah, yeah, my mother's name is was Lucille, and she left my dad. So it, <laughs> it hit home. <laughs> now there weren't four hungry children, and there wasn't a crop in the field. But uh, it's of my my, okay. my parents of my parents' uh, timing. My mom was a Kenny Rogers fan, and uh, okay. and so coincidentally, it was an easy one to kind of remember. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, who wrote the pick to find time to leave me, Lucille? That's a good question as you Google it. Uh, it's written by Roger <laughs> Bowling and Hal Bynum. So anyway. The only one I can think of, I believe, <laughs> and I'm I'm going to, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's Islands in the Sea, his duet with Dolly Parton. Uh, okay. I, I think that was him. I, I, I Let me tell you this. I would recognize probably another 10, legitimate 10. Yeah. Other Kenny Rogers songs, I would I would recognize because again, mm-hmm. my mom was a fan, a uh, big sure. time fan. Uh, she was a bigger fan of Neil Diamond, so I always to this day say like mm-hmm. I was way on board, way more so than Sweet Caroline before it was, of course, this big, you know, fan cultural hit. Yeah, cultural hit, and so it it uh, it's funny to 
that that's all people think or know about Neil Diamond is that one, literally mm-hmm. that one song. When I have and uh, I think a of, number of his albums and CDs, I, I think of America. Yes, yeah. coming to, to America. America. Anyway, there's tons of Neil Diamond songs uh, that were besides Sweet Caroline. So it's just kind of funny that uh, that's the one that's he's become so known for. All right, is there anything else you want to cover? I don't think so. I think we're good to wrap this up, Terry Miller. I think so too. It's been a fun night. Uh, chatting with uh, Ella Hansen, Holland Hanley, or if you've missed it or haven't seen it yet, some game night action with them. Uh, we'll roll into 2024. We're talking about uh, Luke Lorenzen uh, potentially joining us in early 2024. She's going to have an announcement uh, to discuss, and I think we're going to see a lot of other player announcements. Next week should will, be uh, come lit, as, well. as the children say. Yes. I don't I don't think they say lit anymore, believe it or not. Uh, they have to. I say so. Well, I mean, if you, as long as you... Yeah, I I I, I you double could checked. Bring it back. I double checked. I double checked. All the kids say lit. Okay. Uh Tom, Tim, Glenn, all our regulars, Ray is probably out there. Uh Felix and uh and Conrad, probably Felix. So uh thank all you guys and all of our regulars who stop in week in and week out. And even if you never chime in on the message board, we appreciate you guys being with us every week on a live show. Oh, here's a here's one more final thought. Oh since we're closing it out. And maybe it starts next week, or maybe it doesn't. But a thought I had the other day. Would it be insane, either for a short period or for a period of a year, to go live at 8 o'clock on Tuesdays? No, I don't think it'd be insane. I'd be up for it. I don't really care. I can't imagine any listeners like, no, 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 no. 9 o'clock. Maybe some of our West Coast people where it's only 6 o'clock Maybe. there or 5 o'clock uh, or 6 o'clock. Leave that either in the comments. Send us a message. Put it on Facebook, Instagram, yeah. Twitter, whatever. We've done if the you're listening to this otherwise, 8 o'clock show. We rarely, you know, ra- yeah, rarely in special occasions. I think one of the biggest benefits to it is, A, it's just obviously not as late, but B, every time we have an East Coast guest on or someone who's in the East Coast, mm-hmm. That's a really late start time for them specifically as they're already joining us as a guest. I'm I'm not locked into the idea, but it did hit me the other day. I wonder if... I've thought about it for years. If if an 8 o'clock start... And the question is, is that something you want to start next week right away to start 2024 right off the bat, mm-hmm. get them swinging? Or do you want to wait a few months mm-hmm. and make it happen? Well, well, if our guest next week is uh, Luke, who's in Europe... We'll have to figure out what the best time for her is. She'd probably want it. To be, she'd want us to start at probably eleven o'clock because yeah. it'll be uh, they're about eight hours ahead of us. Sure. Um, so. Oh, and we may or may not have also Bradley Williams uh, to talk next week as well. She told me to throw that in there that um, he he could probably join as well. Uh, coming off the board, I heard they hang out a lot now. Yes. Uh, <laughs> West Coast here, seven p.m. versus six p.m. works great. East Coaster for eight p.m. Sorry, exactly. So we're exactly fifty fifty on our on our two pieces of feedback so far. Yeah. So. Leave a comment in the video. Leave a message if you want to email me at John at Smashbox TV. You can do that as well, or feel impassioned, yeah, yeah, or like I said, leave a comment on uh, on the YouTube video. Any way you want to get a hold of yeah. us, I'd be curious to know if if there's a strong opinion, or if everyone's like, meh, doesn't matter, and then we just move it up to eight, and uh, you know, maybe see how it goes for a year or six months. I mean, we don't have to lock into it, but I, I could I think also it might be smarter. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I could also see there being uh, maybe you know you do it. And this would maybe be confusing. 
Um, you do it at nine o'clock up until like June, and then June because we start when we start to get back over to the East Coast or something. I know we're starting there this year, but again, from my perspective, I'm not opposed to it because you know Tuesday nights I have set aside for us, so mm. for you and me, great islands in the stream. It'll be Terry. eight o'clock in some time zone next week. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be central or not. Either way, so that that is a possibility. Of course, we'll try and put it out there as much as possible if that's how we're going to do it. But it would make sense to start fresh for the new year if we're going to start a uh, attempt a new time. So I'm going to throw that out there now and it just uh, hit me to uh, think of it and share it with you guys. So for now in 2023, we're closing it out. It's been a hell of a year. It's been so incredible with all these uh, guests, some very, very fun, lighthearted, amazing and uh, exciting subjects, some very difficult and uh, serious subjects and everything in between. But we appreciate you guys for being along for the ride with us and hopefully we'll continue to find some way to keep you both informed and updated and in tune uh, with what's going on in the disc golf community, at least from our silly perspectives. A couple of middle-aged guys for johnny v i'm the disc golf guy we're signing out for 2023 we'll see you next week and next year you step inside the smash box